Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Switcher Boot Podcast. I'll be your host. My name is Alex Harding. I'm joined here by Nathan Rudge. Hello again. Steve Whiting. Hello. And as a special guest, I have Adam Phillips from Switch Indie Fix. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure. <laughs> You're our first guest on, on the Switcher Boot Podcast. How do you feel? Yeah, I feel good. It's, it's, it's nice because uh, when it must have been two years ago... Alex, you came on my what was it called indie indie game of fame podcast. So it's nice to kind of come come full circle and uh, yeah, guest on one of yours. I remember that the game I put forward was Golf Story. It's golf Story, yeah. I, I still stick by that. Love that game. Me too. Can't wait for Sports Story. Yeah, me that, neither. That is a good game. <laughs> so we'll start it off um, just with basically we'll talk about what we've been playing. Um, let's start, Nathan. Let's start with you. What have you been playing? Well, since Friday, I've been playing a bit of Bravely Default too. Very solid. As you are a go-to RPG guy. Yes. And <laughs> continuing on the RPG line, the Project Triangle Strategy Demo. I still haven't gotten around to playing that. It's definitely worth playing. I just love Square's naming processes for their, oh, for yeah. their, for their you know working titles that then turn into actual finished titles. Like Octopath Traveler? Yeah. like I remember <laughs> when when the switch was getting announced and they had octopath project octopath traveler in in the the video that they released and just been like god what is going on like back back when you know the switch used to be on people were on the fence like it could either be a disaster or be like the next big thing and then you see a game announced for it called project octopath traveler and you just think yeah it was nice knowing you nintendo <laughs> and then and then covid happened yeah, that's it. I mean, like it all turned out good for them, and Octopath Traveler is, was a really good, really great game. But it's just, it's just such a weird thing to. Yeah, and I, th- I thought the same thing as well. So when they announced Project Octopath Traveler, I actually thought I actually didn't mind the name. So I thought Octopath Traveler that could actually, that could actually work. But Triangle Strategy, I can't see that being a name. Yeah, no, it's not succinct enough, really. No, it, it gets the point across for what it does, but it just. It doesn't stand out. No, it, it needs a new name, definitely. Mm. And then the other two games I've been playing was Stardew Valley and Hearthstone Like Always. Of course. you got Every episode, you got to put that in there. Yes. I mean, it's what I've been playing, so... <laughs> Have you played... So you, you're playing the 1.5 update of Stardew yes. Valley, aren't you? Yes. How's that? It's going pretty good. Um up to i think full of my first year on the new file so yeah well. getting some progress in there it's very addicting you can lose an entire day very quickly yeah farming simulators are like that yeah <laughs> um steve what have you been playing um mainly i guess super mario 3d world still um did the review for that obviously a, a week or so ago um yeah, it's been awesome and just trying to I'm a bit of a completionist of games and going through mopping up the few, last few stars and stamps, etc. Um Nice, I love that game. Yeah, it's been awesome, yeah. It's, I, I, I never played the the original um first time around on the three DS, so oh, sorry, on, on the on the Wii U, sorry. Um On the Wii U. Yeah, so um yeah, it's it's been it's just it's been awesome to play play a new Mario game to me anyway, and, and um I mean it's a Mario game, so it's obviously awesome. Um and Bowser's Fury's been a nice little addition as well. Um, I think it's quite a nice touch that they, you know, did the re-release and had some original content as well, which 
I think I said in my review, I, was, I wish the Zelda team did the same thing because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a massive Zelda fanboy and I kind of um, get a bit tired of the kind of, you know, regular cycles of re-releases and remakes of Zelda games. I, obviously, they're great, but I, I think it'd be nice because I played all the original games when they first came out. So to me, they're kind of a bit less exciting. So I'd love them to do like a nice, mm. a new dungeon or something or something original or, you know, some... I, I know there's the odd bit of new kind of gameplay, but there's not really any new content with the Zelda re-releases or remakes, so... Um, yeah, it's just yeah. Really... The the only thing I can think of in like with that is Link's Awakening, where you had like the dungeon editor. What, what is that? Was that in the in the remake? The the um the Link's Awakening yeah, remake. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you could make your own dungeon. Yes, true. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I see that as a kind of brand new game. So that, that was that was obviously a proper yeah. remake from scratch. So yeah, yeah you, you're right. I guess I guess what I'm talking about more is probably that the HD remakes. You know, it's more more of a graphical upgrade than a complete overhaul. But yeah, you're right. I guess obviously Link's Awakening was an exception. Um, but it'd be nice if I you think know. that was the only one that I can think of, though. Yeah, well, I mean, like Mario seems to get a bit of the uh, extra treatment with this stuff. Like, look at the Mario and Luigi remakes; they get that extra mm. like add-on story content. Yeah, yeah, exactly. True. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's just yeah, it's great value for money having having 3D World, obviously, which is an awesome game in itself, plus with a really meaty bit of additional content as well. Because Bowser's Fury in itself is a good um, few hours of game. Yeah, that's as well, like so. Yeah, that's like four to six hours I've heard. I haven't played it myself. Yes, yeah. It's... Then do you think the fo- the format works, Steve, of Bowser's Fury? Because I- I've not played it myself, but people say it's more like an open world Mario game, kind of like a bit more like Odyssey. Do you think it works um, it, well? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 um, it's obviously more on the, the Odyssey side of the scale. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I prefer open world games. So for me, I loved it. Um, I, I obviously loved Odyssey, obviously, and... and and yeah, Bowser's Fury feels like a little bit of a a new world from that, really. Um, so yeah, it's great. It's it's execute, done really well. Um, yeah, fantastic. It's kind of the Od- Odyssey DLC we never got. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But we kind of do have now. Exactly. Exactly. It'd be like if they, yeah, if they release something else with a if three uh, D world and Odyssey had a baby. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and also, what what I found as well from three D world was. Because I didn't play the original release, um, yeah. a, lot, a, lot, a lot of the lot of the sound bites and, no, and kind of noises from um, Odyssey are in 3D World on the Switch, but I'm not sure if they were in 3D World on the Wii U. If that makes sense, so it kind of it felt like it, it felt like it had the same kind of sound engine that Odyssey had, which was quite nice because it kind of sounded like an Odyssey game, as, it, as in 3D World itself on the Switch. Yeah. But I'm not sure if they had the same sounds in the Wii U version. If that makes sense, but um, I'm not sure if they kind of retconned in the the odyssey sounds into the switch release if that makes sense um i don't know if you guys if you, if, oh, you if you guys have played it there's, there's lots of little noises that, that just really were from odyssey for me and odyssey was the first place i heard them but they they kind of came back in 3d world but again i don't know if they were in 3d world anyway from the wii, wii, wii u release yeah i honestly can't remember i played 3d world on the wii u when it first came out and then i remember like, I've played Odyssey since then, but I haven't gone back and played 3D World on Switch, especially with, with Bowser's Fury as well, because, I don't know, it looks... I mean, I can go back to any Mario game easily, but yeah. putting $60 down, or like 60-odd, or whatever whatever um, region you're in, um, putting that money down on a brand new release of a game that you have played a few years back, I'm very on the, on the fence about. Like, yeah. considering the Switch has like six times more install base it makes sense for them to port it over um but for us 13 million that had the wii u it's kind of like it's it's a hard pill to swallow yeah you yeah. got boogers on the wii u 
Especially as yeah. a lot of the games have already been purchased. Exactly. Because we were so starved for content. Yeah. I also think it's it's been a lot... It's been a lot of Mario, obviously, this last year. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've, I've never been the, the biggest Mario fan, but um, I got the Mario 3D collection for Christmas and kind of I kind of fell into the hype a little bit of like, oh, my God, you have to buy it before March, otherwise it's going to disappear. And yeah. uh, and I kind of started it and I was like, yeah, this is cool, but it wasn't really what I was looking for right then. And then, yeah, and then, Bal- and then the 3D re- uh, World remakes, I'm also a bit like, yeah, I'm not really that into mario at the minute um but i think that's it if, if you are, you can get burnt out on mario as well yeah but i think there are people that just love mario games and they just love just yeah like 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 steve said just 100 percent in them getting everything doing it in like a couple of days or a couple of weeks and then and then just moving on to the next thing which i think is also is also fair enough and that's why they keep making these games supply and demand isn't it i suppose hmm They'll keep making it, they keep making the money. <laughs> well, that's it. Most of Nintendo's best-selling games. Yeah. Steve, have you been playing anything else? Yeah, so I, also another review I did recently was um, Cathedral, um, which is more of a Metroidvania, obviously more of an indie, well, much more indie than obviously 3D World, um, uh, which is, yeah, it's a Metroidvania, um, kind of, it's it's published by Elden Pixels, who who developed the Hour games, Hours, Hours, Hours Awakening and Hours Legacy. Um, mm. So I was quite excited for it because I really like um, the hour games, um, and it's really good as well. Um, really enjoyed it, and I'm a big Metroidvania. It's probably my favourite genre at the moment. I'd say Metroidvania's I'm a right sucker for a good indie Metroidvania, um, and that, that was this was one of them. Yeah, very good. So um, yeah, so Nathan's our RPG guy, and you're our Metroidvania guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, mm. um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that, that's also been awesome. I, same thing with that. Obviously, with a lot of Metroidvanias also have a bit of a completionist element to it, getting 100%, getting all the secrets and, and finding all the little bits and bobs. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. Uh, and then, lastly, you're playing also Hitman 3 on the PS5. I know you want the Switch, but I'm actually not sure. I was going to ask you guys if you knew what how the um, how Hitman 3 on the Switch has been received. I've not seen any kind of reviews for it in terms of cause the whole cloud system. I'm not quite sure how it works. Or Yeah, I mean, I can't speak personally because that's... An- in Australia because our internet's so bad we actually don't have the option to buy it on the Australian Mm. eShop because that's just how bad our internet is Um, but I've heard from other outlets that it's okay if your internet's like incredible Mm. however there's been many moments where like the input doesn't go in like or it doesn't register the input so you could be going straight it's kind of like drifting but times 10 in a way so you'll just mm. keep he just keeps going straight and he just falls off a cliff or something like that or mm. just runs into someone oh, okay. yeah so it's uh, tricky. just initial d pretty much and I, th- I think it's such a weird like i think it's cool that they do these cloud games but i think it's for such a small niche of the market that the, yeah that like the gamer market because it's like you know like you said steve like you you played hitman 3 on ps4 because it's a game that I, I think most people want to see on their TV looking as nice mm. as possible. Um, but it's kind of cool for the people that maybe they only own a Switch and they really want to play Hitman or Control or um, Resident Evil. And I can't remember if there were more cloud games. And it's it's cool that it's there for them. But that's it's like you say, like the only people you hear speaking about them are really big outlets that test them. And yeah. really, like hardcore Nintendo fans only own a Switch and they're playing yeah, Hitman on their on their Switch Lite. So um so yeah, yeah I think it's that's, cool. that's, that's, that's a really good that's a really good point. 
yeah, it's a cool option that are there. And if you're from Australia and you only own a Switch, you're fresh out <laughs> of luck. Yeah. And I guess it's weird as well to do it on, on the Switch because there's not been any Hitman games on the Switch before. So it's not like if you are already a, a purely a Switch player, you wouldn't have really been exposed to Hitman. I don't think there's any. That's, I think, the problem with like developers going like being big AAA games to the Switch with none of the previous like installments. There's no like you know fans from Nintendo going like oh I wanted this game. Yeah, I remember when Mass Effect Three launched on the Wii U. It's a Wii U episode. It's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when Mass Effect Three launched on the Wii U, and who's going to buy Mass Effect Three on the Wii mm-hmm. U? And then EA's like, oh, our games didn't sell well because you yeah. launched Mass Effect Three. Yeah, that's it with the Switch. Like the it's just the mass the amount of the amount of Switches that are out in the in the world right now. It's like these companies have to put these these games on there because it's like yeah you know maybe they only sell 10 percent on the switch what they do everywhere else but 10 percent of you know 80 million is still 8 million units like that's those numbers are really exaggerated but if you think of it like that it's still probably worth it for them to to part this game over exactly they'd be looking at the numbers and be like well it's not really that much effort, probably because I, I say that much, not that much effort, because mm. I know with cloud gaming, they like a third party uh, does the port. Yeah. I don't know who for the life of me, but probably a lot of their work could probably be outsourced mm. with that as well. And I imagine the, the cloud stuff Nintendo probably is approaching developers like, hey, we have this 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 solution that we, we were trying to like trying to push do you want to put your game on it and if you do maybe they get some incentive to do that so so yeah exactly um going over the games i played real quick just because i want to get into the news because there's a lot of really cool news tidbits um but i've been playing rogue heroes ruins of tassos i know nathan you were playing that as well we never got to play it online together yes unfortunately it was pretty fun yeah it's it's pretty fun in my review i mentioned it's uh, like the tagline I put was that it's it's a game where if, if a child asked their mum for Zelda <laughs> and she said we'd have Zelda at home, it'd be Rogue Heroes. <laughs> yeah, that's really mm. good. So that so it's it's okay, but it just doesn't have the same Zelda charm, um, and it feels very generic in that kind of in that aspect. But yeah. it's it's good for a for a roguelite match. Uh, sorry, roguelite Zelda game, top down Zelda game. The other game I've been playing, I can't say too much about it, but the preview embargo would have dropped at this time, which is Story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town, which comes out on the 23rd of March, I believe it is. Nice. And yeah, it's it's quite good. Has anyone played like a Story of Seasons game? I know you like Stardew Valley, Nathan, but... Uh, I haven't been able to play much of the Stardew Seasons. Sorry, Story of Seasons. Story of Seasons. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, it does look interesting and caught my eye and I'm like half to jump on it. The big thing about this one is that you go to a new town and basically there, there's a there's a town that there, there are people in the town as per normal um, for these farming simulator games. But there's another aspect where your farm can be expanded the more that you venture out, and like it has like little islands that you unlock, islands per se, but like little areas that you unlock, and then you have to uh, get resources in that area, and then you can build a bridge to the next area, and it's got that level of um, uh, progression to it and by expanding your farm that, that way so it's actually it's pretty cool although i'm surprised it's got frame rate dips like quite bad frame rate dips for us you know a farming simulator game yeah that's that's not good mm. yeah and bravey default too but i'm only like 
10, 15 minutes into it. So no spoilers here. Does it, does it, does it feel like it's going to be as big as the first game so far? Can you can tell? Oh, for sure. Okay. It'll be 60. I've already seen the review that says at least 60 hours. Yeah. Wow. They're, they're huge time sinks. Mm. Uh, so, so moving on to the, to the news... So we'll go through them one by one. Uh, the first one, so th- uh, there'll be three Monster Hunter live streams happening in March, so across a few different days. Um, I know, Nathan, you're very keen on this one. Yes, yes I am. be be uh, interesting, because usually they uh, drop some more of the monsters there, and that's more so what they do on the later ones and showcase a little bit more of the weapons. Adam, are you a Monster Hunter guy? Um, I always want to be a Monster Hunter guy. Uh, for this game, I kind of convinced myself that I really wanted to play it because I I don't think there's much else I'm interested in in the next couple of months. But then, um, like I said to you guys, I I kind of had a look at my backlog and was like, okay, I've got such a huge backlog, maybe I should uh, <laughs> not buy so many new games. Uh, so I'm kind of yeah, thinking, backlogs are like evil. Yeah. So so right now I'm like, yeah, I think I'm gonna give Monster Hunter uh, not a miss, but uh, I'm gonna wait on it to see the reviews and to see um, how people like it and how many people are playing it before I jump into it because it, I really like the idea of you know prepping and planning for this huge hunt and then stalking this monster until you get it to its den and then you have to attack it and fight it kind of strategically and then you know building up um, your armor and stuff like it, it, it seems like such a cool grind that I or like it's a cool chase that I like to do in games like games oh, it is it is good fun yeah, but it's just a time sink, and I'm like, yeah, I, oh, it I don't... Is. You can easily sink over 100 hours into the game yeah, and not mm-hmm. realize it. Yeah, exactly, and that's where I'm a bit like hesitant of like being like, okay, yeah, may- maybe I should take that 100 hours and play 10 games on my backlog instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I always think this Monster Hunter game will be the Monster Hunter game that will get me into the series, yeah. and I've yeah. been saying that since 3. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I bought World because a friend of mine got really into playing Monster Hunter World, and I was like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm ready, let's let's do this. And by the time I bought it, he was like, yeah, I don't want to play it anymore. So I was like, oh, cool. <gasps> God, oh, that that ruins it. Yeah, I got it on sale, so I think I got it for like fifty percent off. But still, it was like thirty pounds, where I was like, yeah, nice. Never gonna play this game <laughs> Unfortunate. again. Yeah, that is very upsetting. Uh, Diablo Two Resurrected has been announced for Switch. Has anyone a Diablo fan? I haven't been able to play it. I've been wanting to. Because I, I didn't have a computer I could play on back in the day. So it was one that escaped my uh, reach. But mm. yeah, looks good. Yeah. It does look good. Like it seems significantly, like even just the lighting and the graphics, it's a significant upgrade from its original. Is it the same same developers, is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Blizzard. Yeah. No, no, it's actually done by um, the team behind Crash Remake. Oh, oh really? Oh, that's cool. Yes. Um, they've been doing just... a lot of that recently. Yeah. What they... yeah so, yeah. yeah, the team behind the Crash Remake, um, Vicarious Visions? Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, that sounds... That's yeah, it. That's it. Yeah, uh, they did it. Nice. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Yes, because they're good at remakes. That's their yes, show. they are. Good With knowledge. Tony Hawk's Crash... And now Diablo, yeah, yeah. The guys, the guys I work with, um, they're all so hyped about this game because they're all you know, kind of like old school PC gamers. So um, yeah, they're really excited for it. So it means I'll probably pick up Diablo two when it comes out. Um, 
I hope I hope that's crossplay though, because I think they'll all want to play on PC, and I'd like to play on on Switch. But yeah, let's see. I've seen in so in some of the news bits there is cross progression. Right. They're the words they use specifically. Okay. So cross progression meaning that you can play on your Switch, and then mm. when you get home, you play on your PC. Clear. Uh, or or your Xbox or PlayStation yeah. or whatever. Um, but no mention on crossplay from what I can okay. see. Which yeah. is a bit of a downer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's wait and see them. Yeah. Either way, though, it looks to be really cool. I'm surprised because they're making well, Diablo 4. So I know that's in the works. Yeah. Uh, whether th- that'll come to Switch. Yeah. I think this kind of Diab- re-releasing Diablo 2 is in case Diablo 4 kind of flops. And they're like, oh, here is this new thing. And everyone's like, no, we hate it. It's new. We want the old thing. And then they're like, oh, well, here's the old thing. Play that whilst we fix the new thing. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks, Blizzard. Yeah, from what I've noticed, uh, Blizzard got pushed back a lot from COVID. Mm. Yeah. Well, they, they had the backlash from Warcraft 3 Reforged as well. Yeah. So their track record with remasters aren't great, but we'll see how we go. Probably why Vicarious Visions was brought in. Probably, yeah. yeah. You're probably right. Um, does, Has anyone played, so going on to the next news bit, has anyone played Star Fox Adventures on GameCube? Yes. Long, long time ago. Wow, I'm the only one who hasn't played it. Um, so <laughs> that was GameCube original... was my jam. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I missed a GameCube. Like I didn't. I had the Nintendo 64, and then I went to Wii, and then I didn't realize at the time that Wii was backwards compatible with Game, GameCube. So I only like played GameCube games a few years back for the first times. Like quite a lot of them. Bit of a downer. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. So the Nintendo 64 version. Of so, Star Fox Adventures was going to be a Nintendo sixty four game initially, but it was under Dinosaur Planet, and apparently, so a playable version of Dinosaur Planet before it came Star Fox Adventures has leaked, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that is pretty neat actually. Have you seen any screenshots? It's like looking through all the, yeah, there's a f- there's a few screenshots around. Um, I can put them up in the in the video version of this podcast. For anyone who's who's watching on YouTube, um, but yeah, it actually doesn't look too bad for what could have been a Nintendo sixty four game. Yeah. Like it's pretty decent. I'm just very impressed. That was rare back in the day, though. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. If it was rare, it was solid. Yeah, it's. I don't know. This this story, I think, it's an interesting story because to me, this just looks like okay. This is like a prototype for a game that they ended up releasing on mm. the console after and probably making it a better game for doing that and looking better visually like i think it's it's kind of cool that there there is like this history in this and, and in like the, the gaming industry this kind of like history of like how games are made is, is usually kept under lock and key um, i kind of remember dinosaur mm. planet was hijacked basically nintendo goes it's a star fox game now mm. pretty much yeah yeah they said yeah. oh we have a fox character yeah yeah, yeah which is yeah fair nintendo enough. like to do that with rare yeah, and I mean, I don't know, like Star Fox Adventures, I think it was the game that made me buy a, a GameCube now that I'm thinking about it. And then I got to play in it and was kind of, and was kind of a bit like, yeah, actually, this game isn't that good, <laughs> isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. But that might just be that, uh, you know, back then, because I think the GameCube was my first ever Nintendo like console. Um, ah. And yeah, and then I just played like so much random stuff on it, like, uh, like, it's just totally random stuff that I got. I, I think I got it some bundle with it where I got like six or seven games and the games were all just, like I said, 
totally like one with like the Dark Allegiance game and it was like a Die Hard game on it and just really just weird stuff like no Nintendo stuff so I, I kind of have like a bit of a sour taste with the GameCube but then a few years ago I, I bought a new one one a new one like uh, I bought one off eBay and bought all of like the you know the, the uh, like like um, Wind Waker and like Pokemon Coliseum and all of these like classic Nintendo games and played them on it and then I was like alright this, this, this console was was legit was that um was that Die Hard Vendetta? I can't. Re- I, it might have been like I. I think it. I, all I can remember was the case was like red, like all like like yeah. blood red, it, and it just said Die Hard on it. Was it first? And, I think uh, it was the first person. Yeah, it was the first person shooter. Yeah, yeah Die Hard yeah. Vendetta. It's quite good actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good, but it's like yeah, I don't know why I bought it. Like <laughs> like I said, I think it just came with the console. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk, I talk about Rare's. Never heard of that game before. Those screenshots of um, Dinosaur Planet. I think what I found with Rare back in the day was they they were so they were really good at making basic graphics look really good. If that makes sense. I, they kind of they were really good at getting the yeah. most out of their graphics. Um, they really pushed Nintendo sixty four to its limits. Yeah. I mean, didn't they have to make the expansion pack just for the DK game? Yeah. Yeah, that's and it's just insane. Like and they they try to do other things like if you know of the stop and swap feature yeah. that they tried to do in Banjo Kazooie, in Banjo Tooie, like they just they thought outside the box all the time and that was when they were in their heyday and I feel bad for them because you know Nintendo were very you know on their on the back of their necks like obviously with Dinosaur Planet made into Star Fox and then they went over to, then they were bought out by Microsoft and we all know they how that went. Connect exactly. So I feel bad. I honestly feel bad for Rare. Because like their history, they just they had so much talent under there, which is why I like following Platonic so much now. Mm. Don't know yeah. rare. Oh, aren't they in charge of um, the pirate game? Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. one. And they have like another like it looks like an RPG or action RPG coming out soonish, which looks yeah. quite kind of cool. That, Everwild. That one looks really good. Yeah. Everwild, you're right. Everwild, yep. that's right. Yeah. I got my Series X last week, so oh, I'll nice. be first in line for that one. Yeah, two days before my birthday. It was very exciting. Cool. It's almost like they knew. <laughs> uh, moving on, so uh, Miitopia was announced in the Nintendo Direct, so that 3DS game is coming to the Switch. Uh, turns out Grezzo is actually behind that. If you're unfamiliar with who Grezzo is, they did the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask 3D remakes and uh, the Link's Awakening remake as well. So they're they're pointing Metopia over, which I found really interesting. Did they do the um, Luigi's Mansion remake as well on the 3DS? I don't know. To be honest, I don't think so. Although now I'm very curious and I want to Google it. You guys keep talking. Oh yeah, they, I'll be back they, they do the part. <laughs> I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, they did, did they? Mm. No, I'm I'm googling it now. Yeah, it looks like oh, it. Erasure. Yeah, I think I think this meet this Metopia thing is going to be interesting because it's going to see because I guess Metopia is from a, a period of Nintendo where they were like, okay, yeah, we we had this success on the on the Wii and we made these me characters and we want something that people can see their me's in a game. Um, and I think with the Switch, they've kind of moved away from all of that now. Like, um, so I, th- yeah, I think it's going to be interesting it, it to is see. A slightly disappointing part, I think, like the whole me. Yeah, the 3ds. Yeah, and like uh, Miiverse and all of that stuff is all shut down now. So it's, I think it's a strange game that they, they're 
bringing over. Like I can understand why because they're like, yeah, again, it probably isn't that expensive to port it for them, and they're like, yeah, we know we're gonna sell X amount, which is gonna make us X mm. amount of money. So why not? Um, but I think it's interesting because, it, like you know, if this game does well, then maybe they'll decide like, oh well, maybe we should bring back the Mies and make it make it more of like a, you know do more games in this kind of weird like make your own rpg so like the street pass games are really good fun as well mm. yeah i think i like I this wanted... go, go ahead sorry you go i was just gonna say i think Metopia looks it looks cool like i like the idea of it but i just think it's it's just not the time just isn't it's isn't there anymore because it you know you, you make these me's and it's meant to be fr- your friends but i'm like yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not really interested in making the me's anymore yeah that's it i only have the me for my avatar photo and that's it yeah and i know majority of people don't actually use the use the me function for that no yeah, I use um, Kirby. yeah. <laughs> so i was i'm actually surprised because because i i mean i followed grezzo because i wanted to see ever oasis come over mm. to switch and that didn't get the recognition that it deserves so i'm so surprised that they're bringing metopia before they would think of ever oasis yeah, because I never got around to that game. Yeah, I guess. And it turns out, I was just gonna say, I guess everyone knows what a me is. So for like more true. universal appeal, people kind of probably understand what this game is more than whatever Oasis is. That is true. I do want that port though. Yeah, that would be cool because it's also mm-hmm. a game I'd never played. Yeah, and Luigi's Mansion, the 3DS port, that is done by Grezzo. Ah, there you there go. I thought the name sounded familiar from that. Yeah, they're a, they're a very talented team, and I mean, Ever Oasis got decent reviews, so I would like to see something original from them. But they're pretty much just become the Nintendo's remake or remaster company for that, which is a downer. You, you never want to just be known for your remakes and remasters, unless you're Vicarious Visions, of course. True. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two has been announced for Nintendo Switch, uh, which of is really <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they've yeah they've come up a lot this episode. Um, so the twenty sorry the Xbox Series X and the PS Five versions that got announced alongside it that's coming March twenty sixth or thereabouts. Um, the Switch version is just a blank twenty twenty one, so. Which is strange. I find very strange. But I guess the, the Series X and PS5 ports might be a bit easier to do. I'm pretty sure it's literally just a HD upgrade port like to make it run in 4K at uh, 60 frames consistently. Yeah, most likely. I saw Switch gameplay of it. It didn't look too bad, but you can tell. You can easily tell that it's that it's running on inferior hardware. Yeah, the only like thing you'd really want it on the Switch for is for that portability or if it's your only console. Exactly. Why are switch ports more difficult? Why are switch ports a bit more difficult? Is there like a technical reason, or they're, they're always... I think there is Nintendo runs on a different engine. Of course, yeah, yeah, and they do their own thing, and yeah. obviously it's not as powerful as the other systems. Yes, yeah, yeah. makes sense. But... So if you're going to make a game for something, especially if you're making a base, let's say PS4 and Xbox One game, mm. when you port it to Switch, you have to strip downgrade it, strip, strip it, it down quite a lot yeah. to get it over. Exactly. Mm. But I'm, I mean, I'm I'm excited for them to come over to Switch. I'll probably end up playing it on my Series X because it's all shiny and brand new. Um, but I don't know. I I think that's still fantastic for it to come over, and most likely that version is probably going to sell the most, anyways. 
Yes. Yeah. Or thereabouts. I, yeah, I could see that too. Although the PS4 uh, and PS4 and 5 version might as well because of the whole nostalgia of it being on the PlayStation. True. I did play it on PS1 back in the day. God, yeah. that soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. 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 That, that's back at a time when... Um, was it Fred Durst? He was a, like an unlockable character in pretty much every video game. And Spider-Man. He was in WWE, Smack, SmackDown and all sorts. I think, I'm pretty sure he was in Tony Hawk's. It was just, he was like, every, That's right. he was like, he was like everywhere. He was just... I played them on PS2 back in the day. Yeah. They were good. Uh, the Nintendo 3DS turned 10 on February 26th in wow. Japan, which is time flies, honestly. Yeah. Like, will it be viewed as a success? Surely it's. Uh... Yeah. I'd say so. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. I mean, it was bit... sold 80 million units. And and in a time where Nintendo was really floundering with the, the Wii U, yeah. Yeah, it true. like kept, kept them afloat. It, yeah, definitely. It kept some kind of revenue coming in. That's a really good yeah. point. Which that and, that and Amiibo. Yeah. Amiibo was pretty good, though. It was yeah, it was good for like the first year or two, <laughs> and then they just stopped support on it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think with the Switch, it got released, and then they just their priority shifted to something that was a bit more profitable. But I mean, I have so many fond memories with my 3DS. Honestly, I played that console to bits. The the hinge doesn't it makes a clack like <laughs> clickety clack noise like it's it's worn down to the to its bare bone but i still i still love it and i can i can go back and still play that console and there's so many fond memories obviously nathan you and me the bravely series yes the first two are on there and just so much nostalgia for that uh for that console yeah i've got you've also got the uh gen six and seven of pokemon Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that was why i i bought mine interestingly i got mine in australia i was working in in darwin and uh yeah, a lot of my friends who I was living with in the hostel, they all left, and I was kind of left in the hostel by myself. And I was like, ah, okay, cool. What am I going to do on, on the evenings by myself? So I went to, uh, I can't remember what the, the mall area in Darwin is called anymore, but I went to the mall, went to EB Games, got got the 3DS with, I think it was a link between worlds, I yeah. think. Yes. And yeah, then po- good game. Po- Pokemon X, I think. And yeah, 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 loved it. It was I. I always said the 3DS was my favorite system, and then the Switch came out, and then it died. Yeah, and now I want all my 3DS games on my Switch, including Ever Oasis. Please, um, Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on the DS Lite. So I found this very. This is a uh, interesting little tidbit of news. Uh, the DS Lite was at one stage going to have a TV output feature, which is quite um i guess that nintendo were thinking about that hybrid system idea way back when mm, well it is a big thing in japan if you kind of think about it like they have oh, definitely a lot less space that they can use like you know they don't have multiple tvs like western civilization mostly does mm. and that's very interesting as well like the ds games looked when, when we got trailers for ds games when they were blown up to like a full screen, they look terrible. They do not look good on a t- on a big TV screen. They look good when they're you know on a small DS screen, but yeah. you don't yeah. want it any bigger than that. DSi uh, was like the very experimental one, but I didn't think it would be on the DS Lite. 
yeah, I didn't think that either. Mm. But it's it's interesting to see that they would have thought about that way back when. Although they probably wouldn't have, because that would have, you know, ruined their Wii. Because they were yeah. like, like the Wii was successful at that time. That's probably what led to the Wii U, though. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Wii U failed, and then okay, we'll just combine them. That's that's just their marketing, and that's why I chalk Wii U up to was just the marketing. Yep. It was terrible. You were saying something, Adam? I was just saying, like, well, actually, when you think about it, it's not that strange when you think, like, you know, the, the, the GameCube had the the pack that you could put, stand it on top of and play your Game Boy games on. So it's kind of like, I guess, they were probably look, thinking of that and thinking if they could do something similar. But, but yeah, it's like, like you said with the DSi, like, this was a, a strange experimental time for Nintendo as well with the Wii. They even had it um, on Pokemon Stadium where you could play the Pokemon games on TV. Yeah, you can actually exactly. go fur- You can actually go further than that and on Super Nintendo. There's the Super Game Boy. Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's like so yeah, it's 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 something that Nintendo have always done. I guess it just seems a bit stranger with the with the DS, knowing now that you know now that we know that the finally two or three generations later they did it with the Switch kind of thing. But um, yeah, I think. Like I was saying, Nintendo was in a weird experimental time then, and it wouldn't surprise. It doesn't surprise me that they they thought of this. Yeah, it doesn't me either, and it just seems like that natural progression mm-hmm. and how it all went. Um, next bit of news: so, uh, in a recent poll, Japanese fans chose the top thirty most popular Pokemon, and number one, well, all of them really would surprise you. What surprised me, that's for sure. Number one is Dedenne. Oh. Not Pikachu. Pikachu's number seven. Wow. Did not think to do that. I can't, I can't but, even think of that Pokemon. Imagine that Pokemon. It was Gen 6, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah when Gen they brought six. in the fairy type. There's hardly any um, original 150, is there, actually? Apart from Pikachu. Only one I can see scanning down. I think, actually, yeah. The strangest all thing, the first, Char- the first well. Gen 1 Pokemon. Char- Charizard and Pikachu. Oh, the only two, I, only two I can see, that which are... The original one for those two, though. Number five, so even two spots above Pikachu is Magnemite. Oh, hmm. Huh. Like, who would have thought Magnemite two spots above Pikachu? Yeah, that. Huh. Yeah, you flick through this entire list, and it just it just seems like a random assortment of Pokemon, like no thought into it. I'm glad to see a Piplop and Polyon. and Bulbasaur. Even though he's number twenty-seven, yeah, he still gets boy. on the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Personal favorite and Mimikyu. I just always think of that Funko and Lilligan. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that Gardevoir's yeah. so low. Yeah, yeah. Gardevoir's got uh, Gardevoir's got an interesting relationship with fans, which I won't go into. Also, for uh, the dark web, for the uh, much hated just a chandelier Pokemon, it's uh, number thirteen there. Yeah, I noticed that Chandelure. Yeah. Although when I played through Black and White, I had a Chandelure. It carved up. Oh, it Chandelure was so is ridiculous. Yeah, because it's special attack and it's fast, I believe as well. It's not fast, but it's like its special okay. attack is just so high. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I do remember playing through Black and White with Chandelure, and I can see why it's high because it it is a great Pokemon. But yeah, like just fly, like Flygon eight spots above Charizard. 
Yeah, but flag, flag on flag on is like almost like a meme. How popular it is, I think, especially with like um, people playing online. Like they there was there was like a story that it was in the last three games they were gonna make it like you know like um, like the, it was meant to have a mega evolution and then it was meant to do whatever the next gimmick thing was and it and it never did and then then in Sword and Shield it was also meant to get like a giant Gigantamax, but it, I, I can't remember if it did or not in Sword and Shield. But yeah, there is some like story on 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 why Flygon is like the most snubbed Pokemon there is by Game Freak, but one of the most beloved Pokemon by the fans. It, it really should have got a Mega Revolution. Yeah, I could see that. But it's it also I think it shows like you know, and I guess we'll get into it a bit a little bit later when we talk about the Pokemon um, presentation. But it's it, I think it's 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 kind of like a mistake that we make as as pokemon fans that were like the the og fans where we think oh yeah you know gen one and two is like the creme de la creme and or how could you argue any of other way that those po- any pokemon since them are better because mm. we have so much nostalgia for it but there's like so many different ages of people that have played pokemon that are also now like adults that that also every generation might have been every generation was the first generation for someone and it's uh, as someone who's been playing since Gen One, Gen Five is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. But like that's it. I think that's the 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 thing online is that like at least I don't know. People still think that Gen Gen One is 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 perfect, and you can't get it better than it. And yeah, yeah it's definitely not. No, exactly. Especially and when you look at the original red and greens. Oh God, yeah. so buggy. <laughs> so buggy. But yeah, but it's interesting. It's kind of cool to see, and it's also like um, before I the the job I do now, I worked as a kindergarten teacher, and like Pokemon Pokemania was massive when I was working there, and it was also interesting for me to see it, these these young kids talking about Pokemon like how I used to when I was in in school and playing. You know, they were playing like Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, which people you know hate those games. But it's again, it's kind of like well, those games aren't meant to be aren't meant for us they're meant for like six-year-old kids and seeing them get really into the kids get really into like um pokemon cards and that, that's probably why i can ima- i can imagine that if you google some of these pokemon as cards they're probably quite like you know they're like a gx or a v or a v max and maybe that's why po- people voted for them yeah pokemon is very pokemon is very much tied to nostalgia and like um how not only the experience but like how you experienced it and yeah. like when in your life you experienced it and you can chalk that back to um to like what was happening in your life back then it might have been like a um like a really like a memorable time in your life that you're playing mm-hmm. that so then that yeah. might that soldier might be why it's a it's a favorite for you yeah exactly the older uh, pokemon digimon debate oh pokemon hands down definitely pokemon yeah yeah for me as well yeah, I love Digimon. Don't get me wrong. Um, or oh, only the first season. Um, it got weird after that, I reckon. But always Pokemon, hands down, even at the time. I was I was um I was driving yesterday, and the DJ on the radio played um Pokemon theme tune just because it was it, it was because it was twenty fifth <laughs> anniversary. And it's such a good song, and actually objectively, like it's just written mm. so well. It's like a, it's actually it could, it could easily be like a number one hit by some. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just an absolute banger. <laughs> I was sitting in my car. Yeah. It's, just... <laughs> it's the only time a a dubbed intro was uh, considered really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah. I don't know if Alex remembers the uh, old One Piece rap. Uh let's not bring that up. 
Hmm. Let's 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 not talk about that. <laughs> I try not to think about it. Four kids had control of One Piece, but Four Kids also did a uh, Pokemon. So yeah, but Pokemon was aimed at aimed at children. Well, you know, like a yeah. younger younger audience. One Piece is like a teen young adult yeah audience, and oh, I just try not to think about it. Why would you bring that up? Um, <laughs> moving on, Octopath Traveler sold has sold two point five million copies, which I, I don't know, I like seeing that, and I, especially for um, a JRPG. Yes, it's it's good. It needs, I would say, it needs more attention than oh, that. It does. But you know, each each of their own, though. I mean, it is a 80, 60, 80 hour JRPG, but it's a really solid like eight different stories which then converge. It is. It is, and. Like everyone's looking forward to Pro- uh, Project Triangle Strategy. Um, Nathan, you did the preview for that as well yeah. for the demo, um, and you quite liked it. I haven't played it yet, but as I'm definitely much more of a turn-based RPG guy over a strategy RPG, so I I actually got a little disappointed when I saw Triangle Strategy went for the the strategy, yeah, you know, for lack of a better word, strategy um, RPG route. But even still, I think this the HD two D series is deserves a lot of praise for what it does um moving on so obviously we want to talk about the pokemon present uh pokemon presents presentation so that was a huge part of the news what do you guys think of uh brilliant diamond and shining pearl yeah (laughs) i mean it's (laughs) it's it's i don't know it's i think it's kind of Maybe giving Pokemon fans what they said they wanted, and then when they got gave it, they were like, "No, no, 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 no! We don't want this. We want we want something else." Like, uh, yeah, I think I think it's cool that they've how how they've remade it. I'm I'm not a fan of the like chibi kind of characters, but that's what I was going to point understand. out. The chibi art style just doesn't. Work. Yeah, but but it, it but it that's that's it. It's like that's the the problem. Is like the. The the way that they the world does you know those old games were made with like sprites is like this is I think it's the only way they can get it to work because if you have like a a kind of like a three D character walking around at that kind of perspective they're gonna be taller than the houses are so I think that's why they've had to stick with this chibi look because it's like yeah you know you you want your character to be about the size of the door and the only way you can get them to do that is to either make the model tiny so you can't see any features on them but but like they're at their ratio like is, is more human like or you have to make them smaller and more stylized which is what they've done and yeah they've kind of stuck to the the original designs but you know giving them like tiny legs and a massive head and huge eyes which i i also know like, i also understand why they did it because they want you to be able to see the features of the character but it's just a little bit like oh, okay like like i said like people like yeah make this make it like this and then Pokemon's like, oh, okay, we made it like that for you. And then it's a bit like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, maybe we should have had it in a, a remake like like Omega, uh, was it Omega Ruby and whatever Sapphire was called. I think they should have done it more like the Sword and Shield games. Oh, really? Okay. Like just re- revamp the whole thing, but have the mm. same place. And like you have the whole engine off that there. You can work ba- basically yeah. build it off of that. The funny thing is I... When I first saw that reveal, like as soon as you see Dawn and it pans out, I went through two conflicting 
emotions that happens. Like the first thing I thought of was actually, I really like this. Like, mm. I think that, that it's perfect. I, I, this is what I wanted out of a diamond and pearl remake. Um, and then straight away, a millisecond later, I burst out in laughter. Yeah. Cause I'm like, this is going to get so much flack. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And I, I feel as though like a lot of people say that, you know, Oh, they asked for this and then they got this and then they complain about it. I actually think that it, Pokemon has two different types. Well, I mean, that's probably putting it, you know, a bit black and white pun intended. Um, mm-hmm. but, it's probably being so there's two separate audiences where one wants you know the sword and shield style where the other side wants the chibi style so when Mm. the chibi style audience gets what they want the sword and shield audience pipes up and there's never a balance so i think this presents obviously with pokemon legends i think they both got what like both audiences got what they wanted but the pokemon fan base is a bit uh toxic so to, yeah, so to speak. I mean, look at the reception Black and White got when it first came out. Oh, we hate this. Oh my god, I love it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I think I think with the remix, the the Diamond and Pearl remix, it's just a little bit. It's a bit jarring, and I think it's kind of like they they could have done it like this. Could have been like the all the whole style is like you know. Then they could have made the 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 models for the Pokemon also kind yes, of chibi, more chibi-like. Where I think the thing is, the yeah. Pokemon still look like they're from Sword and Shield, but the Overworld sprites are chibi-styled. Yeah, and I think that's that's where it's it's very jarring for everyone. It's like, okay, we have these chibi characters, cool. But then when you go into a battle, the characters, yeah, look like the characters from from Sword and Shield, and, and the Pokemon just look like the generic 3D models that they've had since um, X and Y. And I think they they kind of that's where they've missed it is like they could have made this like a really cool like stylized game kind of like Link's Awakening, but instead they're like, well, we have to have chibi characters because of how the sp- perspective works, but we still in the battles they still using the same models that we've used for ages. So I think that's why people are a bit like, Meh, what is going on here? Yeah, I can see that. Even still, po- we had Pokemon Legends Arceus. What mm-hmm. did everyone think about that? It's intriguing. Um, it's <laughs> intriguing, yeah. It, it's I don't know, like um, I could see still see this. I could see this game never ever releasing. Um, and I think it's weird <laughs> that what they showed us because like when you when you look at the the video, like you can just see like like people have pointed out the you know the trees and the grass, like how it just looks like it looks like something out of a PlayStation One game. People but are very also, obsessed with Pokemon trees. Yeah, but it's but it's like you look when you look at the Pokemon, like the Pokemon, their animations are, are missing frames and stuff, and it's just like yeah, what was it like? Chimchar is only two frames of animation. Yeah, and also <laughs> the the Bijou is supposed to be swaying, and it looks like he's like jerking around. It's it's just so weird that they showed us this because I think they could have had like a really nice animation where you know how they did with the 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 ink kind of appearing on the on the on the parchment and like oh yeah and set up the story like this is the town and yeah blah 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 set however many years before diamond and pearl and 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 stuff like that but then they showed us this world where it was kind of like the character model looked okay but the world itself looked like like people were saying you know when you you get these fan games of people remaking pokemon in in unreal 4 and you're like well it looks kind of cool but the Pokemon battles just seem random and like 
like the Pokemon are just bumping into each other and then your character is just kind of randomly stood at the side, like waving their arm. It's, I don't know, it's, they said it's going to come early 2022. I think it'll if it comes out it'll be the end of twenty twenty two. I think they'll they'll Yeah, that's what I reckon. I'm really hoping that is the case. Yeah. I think because I mean it's still early for them. They've like I think they've got like probably another like yeah, year and a half at least development time. But from what I saw I was a bit like, Okay, this is this looks like something where they were like, Here's here's a proof of concept. Like here are the Pokemon spawning in the world, they're stood still. Here is here is our prototype for how you catch them. Here is the how the world is gonna look, um, but it's not really something I feel like they should have shown us. Like it, I think it was more something that maybe it's basically the expansion of the wild area. Yeah, but but yeah, but worse I think. <laughs> mm. At least in this state, I reckon their hand was probably forced. So I I reckon they should not have shown that to us yet, mm. but. I think when I think they would have thought that as soon as we showed the Diamond and Pearl remakes, they kind of had to show it. So I think that's where that train of thought went. Maybe, but yeah. In an ideal world, I don't reckon they should have showed us just yet. No, but that's that's the thing is like it's this this whole at least how you know and Game Freak isn't technically Nintendo, but you know how Nintendo celebrated uh, Mario Suit. 35th birthday they release stuff they announce stuff throughout the year and it's kind of like i feel like that's what pokemon is also going to do maybe not with games but with the pokemon franchise there's going to be more announcements within this year and i feel like this is maybe something they could have worked on for another six months and then around when e3 should be then they could have showed us showed us it maybe just teased it in this video because it's kind of like like i say it's it's i think it's a really cool idea and it's what people have always wanted but it's that's kind of there's a reason that this type of game hasn't been made before because it's not I don't think it's as simple as people think it's going to be, and like and like I said, looking at this 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 gameplay in quotation marks, it kind of makes me think yeah okay let's like I say let's see if this game actually ever comes out like I hope it does I think it would be an awesome awesome thing if if they can pull it off but yeah right now I'm skeptical. That's a big asterisk if they can pull it off. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Maybe they should ask the uh, Digimon team. They do some uh, pretty you good. Digimon, hey, they do some pretty good games. <laughs> they do. Like some really solid games. Isn't that mainly Bandai Namco? Yeah, because they own the rights to it. Well, they're doing new Pokemon Snap, so they're probably they're probably busy with new Pokemon Snap, yeah. which looks fantastic. That was the other thing. Yeah, Pokemon Snap looked amazing and. I know it's like an on-rails kind of very linear, very staged game. But you, you look at that world and what all the Pokemon are doing and you think, oh, this looks so cool. And then you look at the world from the Pokemon Legends and you're like, this is like totally empty. Like there's, there is, there mm. are Pokemon here, but they're not doing anything. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, if they could get a world, an open world that looks similar to the world that they have in Pokemon Snap, I think then, you know, this this Pokemon Legends thing is going to be like industry changing, but I I don't yeah. think I don't think it will be. I think Legends is also suffering from being on Switch. To be honest, mm. I think a Switch Pro would be perfect for it, and I think that's the evolution of you know that they want to take the Pokemon series and you know all the third party games um, that are coming to Switch because they feel like they have to. Um, I think a Switch Pro is just becoming more and more pressing now. Hmm. Oh, you mean but, the uh, Super Nintendo Switch? That'd be good. That would be cool, yeah. 
Yeah, like I, I think so too. Like obviously the Switch now is what four years? It'll be four years in March, right? Uh, yeah, yes, four years in March. March. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it is, it is getting up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's March. Yeah, right. Um, but again, like you look at previous games, like you look at Breath of the Wild that came out in twenty seventeen. You look at like the Xenoblade games, even like the remake of the original one. And those worlds are also like big expansive worlds that they're, they're not necessarily full, but they, they at least I feel like have a lot of character to them. Adding, and, you know, breath of the wild was shown off, like looking more complete than this as well. Mm, and yeah. it was a Wii U game. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I think it's, I think you're right. Like I think the switch does need an upgrade, but I also don't think for some of these games that, like for Legends, I don't think it's like they they need the Switch Pro to make the game they want. Like I think they can make the game they want. They just don't know how to do it. Do it. Yeah. And Game Freak always seems to be like five, ten years behind. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's see. Like it's, it, I think it's really cool and really brave that they announced it because it's like I say, it's what everyone has wanted for years and years. Um. But again, like I, I said before, it's it's cool like having a fan theory of like, oh yeah, you should make this game because X, Y, and Z. But then actually making that game might not be as easy as you think it is. And uh, yeah, let's see. I hope it I hope it comes out and it's really good. I think we all do. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the uh, next seg- segment. So we're looking at the indie roundup. So this is just a short segment where we just highlight a few indie games that are coming up. Uh, maybe that deserve a little bit more attention than they're getting. Uh, the first one, well, the first three actually all launch on the 4th of March. So being uh, Gnosia, Kill It With Fire and Sea of Solitude. So Gnosia, I know, Nathan, you've had your eye on this one for a bit. Yes. So it's kind of like Among Us. But a visual novel, wasn't it? Yeah, like in a visual novel style. Looks creepy as well. Yeah, no, very creepy. So if you like the Among Us kind of gameplay, like um, where you're kind of suspecting someone, like there's one person odd out, um, but in a visual novel style, that might be good for you with an anime aesthetic. Uh, we've got Kill It With Fire, which is a first person, I guess you can call it a first person shooter, but you're trying to kill spiders. Ooh. So that's very, very fitting. <laughs> that, 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 uh, that trailer really, uh, oh dear. Not a fan <laughs> of spiders. I know. Just just for context, I put it in the uh, in the Switchable group chat, and majority of people said mm, too many spiders, not for me. <laughs> it's funny that Which uh, I found hilarious. Two of the Australians were like, "Yeah, we're good." Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The other two were like, "No." <laughs> Kill with fire, but the Australian title just a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Just just a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> just country living. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, sea of Solitude. Uh, this one got announced a few months ago. I've been keeping my eye on it. Uh, it's kind of like a third-person adventure, uh, but I don't know. It has like a very dark twist to it, which I kind of like. I reckon that's one to to keep your eye on. And Cyanide and Happiness Freak Apocalypse. Uh, I've personally been looking forward to this one. I played the Steam demo. Uh, it's kind of like a. It's not a. It's like a point-and-click game, but less pointing and clicking and more walking up to. And clicking, I guess that's kind of like a kind of an evolution of point and click. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. But obviously, in the side night and happiness world, which I've always found to be a guilty pleasure, it is some some good fun. Yeah, from the animations, and the demo is just spot on with that kind of humor. 
if you're into that. So definitely check out those four. I think they're the, the four to look forward to. The next segment, so we've got our Patreon question. So this segment, uh, any of our patrons, so $1 patrons, or so sorry, I'll start that again. $1 patrons and up can submit a pod, uh, a, like a podcast question to ask us anything. It could be gaming related. Um, it could not be gaming related if you want to know a little bit more about us. Uh, we also put it out on Twitter, but obviously Patreon uh, gets priority there. Uh, this one comes from our patron, Matthew Sandstrom, who writes to us and he says... Hey guys, what most impressed you from the recent Nintendo Direct, and why is it the new Mario Golf? Also, given that Game Freak are currently working on three Pokemon titles going by their recent presentation, do you have any hope left for Pokemon Sleep, and does anyone actually remember that existed? I'll start with the Pokemon part. Um, wasn't uh, was the Unite worked with Tencent mostly? Yes. Yeah, that is done by Tencent. So that would probably give them a bit of leeway, but I... I don't have any hope for Pokemon Sleep anymore at this point. Otherwise, they probably would have done something on it. I just always thought it was strange to begin with. Like, they are trying to go for that. Pokemon had a weird couple of years where they were going for more quality of life improvements. I think that started with Pokemon Go. Wasn't there also meant to be a Nintendo, like, sleep, like, thing that was meant to come out? They had patterned ages yeah. ago. That's right. I can't remember what that's called. what that was called for the life of yeah. me. And then um, in terms of the Nintendo Direct, for me, it was not Mario Golf. It was uh, Project Triangle Strategy, as I think mentioned in the Nintendo Direct podcast. Yes, that discussion that we did, which was which was a lot of fun as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mentioned in that one, Mario Golf is actually, yeah, that was my favorite announcement. Me too. That just looks so cool. Steve, yours as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I found it all a bit underwhelming, the Direct, I suppose, but just because you know, it's, all, it's all taste, isn't it, really? You know, I was after, mm. you know, um, Metroid Prime Four, and all, yeah, well, yeah, Breath of Wild Two, that kind of stuff, all the, all the pipe dream stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's um, I, I kept kind of waiting for the big, bigger, uh, the big moment to drop, <laughs> as we all were. But yeah, um, but yeah, for me, I think Mario Golf definitely looks uh, the most. Um... And that speed rush, that speed rush mode. Oh yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, yeah that looks that looks great. Yeah, yeah, like I. I didn't realize until afterwards that this is the first home console Mario Golf game that we're getting since 2003 on the GameCube. Right. So it's been 18 mm. years since wow. we got a console Mario Golf game. Mm. Huh. Oh, wow. Which is surprising, but I guess we make sense. We make sense. Because we had like Wii Sports. But then they made Mario Tennis. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what happened there. Huh. But yeah, it just looks so good. Uh, Adam, what was your favorite thing from the um, direct? Yeah, I, I'm also excited about Mario Golf. <clears throat> um, and I also think Splatoon 3 was quite a big announcement. That was a surprising announcement. Mm. Yeah, because I think it, it was one of those things with Splatoon. I think Splatoon 2, like Splatoon was a little bit stranded on the Wii U. And Splatoon 2 was kind of like, okay, let's give this another go and see if it's popular. Mm. And then I think it ended up being way more popular than they expected. Um, so I was kind of interested to see what they were going to do with it because I think what they could have done is made it like a platform, like it just have Splatoon 2 and be like, hey, look, this game was way more popular than we were expecting. We weren't planning any any extra DLC for it, but here is his more DLC. Here is a lot of new weapons, load more, um, load more uh, like costumes and clothing and stuff. And also, yeah, we for the next six months we have this Splatfest, this Splatfest, and this Splatfest um, made. Um, uh, planned i mean not mid um 
But yeah, I think yeah, Splatoon 3 is cool that they announced it. Like, uh, like there was a time where I was just addicted to Splatoon 2 um, back <laughs> when, when I think it came out in June or July of 2017 and there was really nothing else left nothing really to play on the switch it was there was breath of the wild there was like a few indie games and then there was splatoon 2 and i think yeah i put something like 40 hours into it in in two weeks and then after that 40 hours realized that like okay i am i'm not my skill isn't scaling with everyone else's uh, skill so i kind of gave up after that because i just kept losing all the time but it's such a like a fun game and it's just it's it's one of the most nintendo games there is where it's like okay we we need to have an online shooter all right, cool. Well, we don't want to have a shooter where people are going around killing each other. What can we do? Oh, here's an idea. Let's have a shooter where you shoot paint and then swim through the paint and the winner is the people who paint the most. And it's just like a cool idea. So I'm really excited for Splatoon 3. I'm hoping with the new game, everyone's, you know, it'll get like a lot of new players into it again. And then my skill set will be kind of higher than average and then I'll get a few wins and then play another 40 hours and then, yeah, and then give it up again. Yeah, see, see, I I started off Splatoon one doing the story as soon as I got it, yeah, and then jumped onto online, and so I had the advantage of knowing how to play the game because I'd started the story, so I had that I yeah. know how to play the game over most people, and then everyone mm-hmm. else caught it up. I'm like, cool, now I'm stuck in this place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. It's 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 like that with online online competitive games. It's like you either you you play it and enjoy it but then it's like yeah and then then you have to be like okay am i going to stick with this and get really good at it or and get some wins or am i just going to play it casually and lose all the time and yeah yeah but um yeah, no that's a lot of people's experience with splatoon yeah yeah definitely and um yeah some other big games like i think big announcement there was a lot of indie stuff there which was cool uh, this neon white looks very interesting. Like from the video, I, I don't necessarily know what it is, uh, but it's kind of like uh, you play as like an assassin in like a very mirror's edge looking world, but you use it has like deck building in it, which is could be cool, I guess. Instead of weapons, so you you draw a card and use the cards to attack people. Um, yeah, I, and- I just feel like they've thrown genres into a hat and then picked three out. Yeah, and that's what they're yeah. going with, and it's like, and then it has this like very anime kind of art style too. So it's, yeah, but I think it's, I think it's published by Annapurna, uh, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, yes. Right. So they usually know what they're doing, and they pick very unique games. So um, yeah, usually if a game is published by Annapurna, it's worth looking at because mm. uh, they they do publish really good games. So they do. So yeah, the surprising thing about that though, the same developer. Uh, so they're the developer that made Donut County. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, which is completely yeah, different from totally different. From yeah, that. yeah. Oh, that's cool. That makes me want to play it even more, though. Yeah, I love Donut County. That was a very good yeah. game. Me too. So moving on to everyone's favorite part of the podcast, uh, we play Name That Game. So. Nathan, you're a veteran when it comes to name that game, but for Steve and Adam, this will be your first time. So basically, in name that game, I have a video game that only I know about. I have 10 hints for you guys, um, and you get five guesses in total. So this is, so basically, you have two guesses between hints one and five, two guesses between six and nine, and then one final guess at question 10. Um, with that as well, you have two lifelines. So you ha- you can ask me one yes or no question, 
and there's a switchaboo lifeline, which is a hint given from one of our uh, one of our other writers who couldn't be on the show with us today. Although from trial and error, we've learned that you you have to ask the yes or no question first, because yeah. I got I got caught out with that one in the first episode, which Nathan would remember and probably laugh oh, at right now. <laughs> also, no looking on the switch or obviously internet. Correct. Yeah, you can't look at your switch. You can't look online. So it's all from your memory. Okay. So, cool. yeah. So firing away with the first hint. This game launched in 2018 alongside PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Hmm. Uh, second hint. It came to iOS a year later, and then Android in 2020. Ooh. Can I- it is a roguelike. Anyone, anyone got any ideas yet? Not yet. Mm. I was thinking... I'm thinking. I was going to say Oceanhorn. It oh, that. yeah, it's Slayer Spire. Am I allowed to guess? You can, yeah. Um, so you have five guesses collectively as a team. Yes. Oh, we're a team. Yes, oh, I thought we were team. fighting against each other. No. no, yeah, ah, sorry. sorry. You... Okay. Yeah, you're a team. I so, think you have, so you have to work with each other, kind of like bounce ideas uh, off each other. But didn't uh, Slay the Spire come out on PC before it came out on Switch? Um, I f- I'm not sure. Because also, from memory, Slay the Spire only came out on the Switch uh, 2019 or 2018, uh, 2020. Hmm. So yeah, this yeah, launched maybe. in 2018 alongside, um, so same day as PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because I know I know on PC it was on there a, a, a while before, but it wasn't. It was in beta, so I don't yeah. know when their, their official. Yeah, so the but yeah, I think um, you're right. The switch was like either early 2020, which I don't think it was. I think it was late. No, I think it was early 2019. Yeah, yeah, I think it was March yeah. 2019. Yeah, good game though. Uh, so next hint, so a it has. Light. Yep, it has no co-op or, or any multiplayer. So it's strictly single player. Mm-hmm. And last hint before you have two guesses, the Switch version has an 89 on Metacritic. Okay, I have an idea. Okay, I think I've, I also have an idea. I was going to say um, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, was it? No, that came out, that came out in 2017 okay. on the Switch. And it was out on Steam long before. I think it's Dead Cells, but I think it might be Dead Cells. But again, I'm not sure if it was 2018 Dead Cells released or. No, that sounds about right. 2018. I mean, we can use one of the guesses to do it. Yeah, go on, Adam. I think sounds a good shout. All right, then we'll we'll lock in Dead Cells for our first guest. Uh, Guess. I think that has to be a new record. Oh, you got it! Oh, really? Oh, nice. Dead Cells it is. I didn't even get to do the Switchaboo lifeline. James sent a recording of his hands and everything. <laughs> Adam's, oh, James is going to be upset. Adam's too good. Yeah. I mean, you can still it's play it. Likes. He is. That, nah, that's okay. Um, so the other hints were, when I reviewed it, I actually gave it 80%. So I was a bit under, whatever, okay. like the general consensus. Um, has sold over 3.5 million copies as of November 2020. Uh, indie developer from France has received two lots of DLC and won 2018 Best Indie Game Award at 2018 Golden Joystick Awards. So cool. with that, Hints. 
Cool. They probably would have helped you. Well, apparently two easy hints. Well, it, it's just a roguelike, like, because, like, roguelikes are kind of my, my specialty. It's so, also a very, that's, like, there's not a lot of roguelikes that simultaneously release on PC and Switch. Mm, yeah. Sorry. Like the, it's, my, getting, it's, it's getting more and more, but yeah, from 2018, that's why I, I was like, it's either Slayer Spire or Dead Cells. Yeah. Yeah. I... I grew a love from roguelike. Like I've played a few of them, but I it definitely sparked my interest from Hades. And yeah. now I really want to go back and de- I play Dead Cells. I reckon I want to yeah. replay that because I reckon I'll have a newfound newfound love for it. Re-review it, yeah. But but yeah, that's going to be a new record on that one. So that about wraps it up for the uh, for episode four of the Switchaboo podcast. Again, I'll I'll shout out for it. Thank you so much, Adam, for joining us on this episode. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun talking to you guys. Like I say, um, the Switch Indie Fix stuff is kind of on hiatus at the minute, but it's been nice joining you just to chat about Nintendo games and Nintendo Switch. You're, 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 from, you're from the UK, aren't you, Adam? Or something? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Where else are you from? From the UK, but I live um, a place uh, close to York, in North Yorkshire. Cool. Good to yeah. have a fellow, fellow Britain. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. But I current, currently I'm living in Vienna, in Austria. Oh, nice. So yeah. for like you said, switch uh, switch indie fix is on a little bit of a hiatus. But if they did want to find you and, and see what you've done, where can our listeners and readers go? Yeah, so the best place if you kind of want to follow my 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 really bad hot takes, it would probably on be on Twitter at switch indie fix. Um, I also do the marketing and, and PR for a game called Red Colony, which got released um, in early January on the Nintendo Switch. Um, so yeah. I also do that. You can follow the, the game uh, at Red Colony Game on Twitter too. And yeah, check it out on the eShop. It's a really unique game, I would say. Uh, maybe not for everyone's taste, but um, yeah, definitely have a look at it. Beautiful. And Nathan and Steve as well, thank you so much for joining us as well. Appreciate that. I mean, I may as well just be the co-host at this point. Pretty much. You've, I don't think you've missed an episode. No, since. not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and to wrap up, we always like to uh, to end with a bit of indie music. Um, just for a bit of a shout out. So this track comes from the game Nine Witches. Um, it doesn't have a title or not that they gave us, but the track, according to their description, it says the track that plays during the alien meetings on the moon. So if you haven't played the game, that's probably very confusing to you. Um, but it's composed <laughs> by Simon Frenton Tueno. I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Uh, and you can follow them. So follow Indisruption on Twitter at Indisruption and at Nine Witches Game. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>